sex talk. Derek and Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Derek and Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. I'm so glad to be here with you all. We're going to tackle, I would say, one of the more divisive conversations that there are lots and lots of opinions about this, but we're going to talk about it in a very specific way. So we're going to talk about porn and relationships and the impact porn can have on relationships. So strap in, (laughs) strap on, strap in, (laughs) be ready because some of what I'm going to say may frustrate you. May uh, You may have an altogether different opinion about it. You also may be triggered by some of the things what I might say. So um, I'm just kind of giving you a heads up of this is one of those topics that people can feel very, very, very strongly about. So that being said, before we dive in, I do want to remind you all, one, that I have a Patreon, and I want to kind of give some shout-outs to my Patreon folks because people are, like, joining and they want more content, and I'm just, like, I'm floored, and so um, I feel so grateful to you out there who are already joining, who are already, like, supporting this show without you... (laughs) I wouldn't be able to keep doing this. So I I just so appreciate it. So I want to shout out, hopefully I say all these names correctly. If I screw them up, I apologize in advance. So Issa, I want to shout out. I so appreciate your pledging and supporting the podcast. Um, Anton Smelser, I know you are out there listening. I am so happy you are out there listening. Thank you for supporting the show. EC Peacemaker. That is the name that the person put on there for their support of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for jumping in and getting out there and helping me monetarily support the show. It's so, so helpful. And the more that I get to do this, the more that I get to spend more time podcasting, which I just, I'm I'm just so flattered that all of you are finding enough value out of this. So thank you for supporting the show. And last but not least, Christopher Speed also is a pledge Patreon. I'm so, so grateful to all of you for being new Patreon folks out there just sending money so that you we can keep doing the show again, again. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I know that was a lot of thank yous, but <laughs> I'm absolutely completely flabbergasted and flattered. I'm so glad you are all getting something out of this. So that being said, those of you who haven't jumped into the Patreon, some of the things that I'm doing for the benefits for for my folks, I'm doing shout outs on the podcast. I'm doing a biweekly uh, Q&A live stream. So those folks who are really wanting more or being able to actually ask me questions live and in person, those who are on my Patreon get to do that. I'm doing a biweekly video for those folks. And I will eventually be offering like a quarterly swag bag list. So stay tuned, but also jump on my Patreon, um, search Erica Miley on Patreon, and you will be able to find me and join up. I'd love to have you. I'd love to be able to answer your questions live and kind of be that extra resource to you how I can be. So, all that being said, oh, before I forget, also, 
If you're a therapist or a doctor or any kind of medical professional out there who serves folks who want more information about sex education or how to talk to clients or patients about sex, I have a Facebook group that is specifically for professionals. It's Sex Talk with Erica Miley Professionals Group. I'd love to have you. We've got well over 200 people in there. We're asking questions about sex, talking about how sex is impacting their careers or or how dealing with patients and clients' sex questions can kind of bring up stuff in us. So if you, if you are a professional out there and like some support, jump into my Facebook group. I'd be happy to have you. We're going to be doing a training about vicarious trauma here, I do believe, on June 21st. I'll double-check that date. But the event is in the Facebook group, so I'd love to have you. I'd love for you to be able to talk with me and Dr. Stacy Lynn Greeter. We're going to talk about vicarious trauma, about what we hear, the stories of our clients and patients, and how we can care for ourselves better. So... That's kind of like all of the announcements. I did all of them. <laughs> so let's jump right in to the conversation about porn and relationships. Something that kind of spurred me to want to talk about this is when, I mean, I talk about this a lot in my practice. I talk to people about pornography use, their pornography use, their values about their partners or themselves using pornography and how it impacts their relationships. And then I also just saw a clip and I've been watching the episode of Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith, where she's talking to her daughter and her mother about pornography use and how it's impacted their relationships and kind of like, what does it mean to continue to stigmatize porn use and how that can really increase shame. So like shout out to them for bringing it up. I don't know that I necessarily agree with everything that was said on the show, but I'm really glad that we're having these conversations and having them is so, so very important. So first things first, this episode's not going to be about porn addiction. I'm more than likely going to have someone on the show to to come and talk about that. There's lots of research about The idea of porn addiction, I'm not going to go very much into that in this episode. Stay tuned. That will be its own episode. Now, I want to talk about porn and relationships because I think it's really important to the conversation of your relationship period. And I do think that this is a conversation that needs to be ongoing. So first things first, the thing that I want you to ask yourself is what do you personally use porn for? I know some of you are probably about laughing at me and going, oh, Erica, I use it to masturbate. (laughs) Guess what? That's what most of us are using it for. And a lot of times people, like, I'll get calls from people saying, like, I have a porn addiction. And then we start talking about, like, what are, what is, how often a person is using porn. And they're using it it sounds like, at least the way they describe, what is fairly typical porn use is when someone masturbates and they use it for roughly anywhere from one to seven minutes for however long it takes them to masturbate. So the idea of porn addiction, again, we're going to talk about it in a separate ep- episode, but I want you to ask yourself, what do you use porn for? And not in a judgmental way, like, what are you using porn for? That's not what I mean. I'm actually asking from a curiosity standpoint. 
Are you using it to masturbate? Are you using it to explore maybe kinks that you were interested in and you wanted to know more about, but were didn't feel like you had anybody to ask about them. So that leads me into my next question is, has porn been sex education for you? And I know that I've said this on prior episodes. This is a really important question because our young people are getting many, many, many of them are getting education about sexuality from pornography because the topic of sex can be so taboo, especially in the United States, that Kids are trying to figure this thing out because kids have bodies just like us and they're trying to understand what does this body do. And oftentimes they will end up looking at porn to try to understand that. But here's the reality. Porn is performance. It is not meant to teach young teenagers young kids about how to have sex or what the sex relationship could be about between two people. It is performance. It is not meant as an educational tool. So with no context, many kids and eventually teenagers and young college students and young students or 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 young people as they go out into the dating world will potentially have unrealistic expectations especially if that is their primary way that they came to understand sexuality and me saying that does not mean porn is inherently bad me saying that means that with no context A kid does not know what they're seeing, nor do they understand that that's not necessarily how it always plays out for people who are having consensual sex with one another. Most of the time, those angles they have to (laughs) achieve or how long the male body actors have to maintain an erection or how breasts look, how butts look, how all of those things, or even genitalia, how all of that looks is so varied across our humanness (laughs) that pornography cannot capture all of that. I mean, they do their damnedest as far as trying to capture our eyes, but they're not giving us or teens or kids a whole picture. So that's why I want you to ask yourself, if has porn been sex education for you. Some of the ways that I have encouraged parents, but I've also seen parents, they had instincts. Some parents I've worked with have had instincts around like, I'm going to make sure my kid has some context around what they see on the internet. And that's not just with porn. That's with a lot of things. Being able to have your kid trust that they can come to you with any question that they have, no matter what the, no matter what it is, will allow you to help provide them context so that when they have questions about their body, when they have questions about sexuality, when they have those questions, they come to you first before they hit Google. Because Google does not care <laughs> who is on the other end. And and nor is that Google's job. But you as a parent or a caregiver can give proper context, especially if you start this conversation early. So I could go on and on and on and on about how to talk to kids about sexuality and porn. But 
We'll go down that road another day. This is specifically more about how relationships can be impacted by porn and vice versa. So oftentimes one of the primary complaints that I hear from couples is they'll come to me with a sense that porn is the problem. So uh, essentially they'll come to me with my person, my partner has a porn addiction, So essentially doing the diagnosis for them. (laughs) This is their problem. We don't have any other problems. This is their problem. So what I want to encourage all of you to do is, one, pump the brakes. I know that when you see your partner's browser history, it may be shocking, especially if you've never, ever had conversations about what you might like to do sexually. Again, sex is so stigmatized. We are not encouraged to have these conversations before we get, before we even have sex with someone. Oftentimes, we are more comfortable having sex than we are talking about it. So I want to encourage you before you get into the blame game. Maybe it's okay to have a conversation about sex, and maybe what are your values around sex? Now, values, when I say values, I am not talking about anything political. (laughs) I'm not talking about anything religious. I am talking about what are your deep-held beliefs about sex? Those more than likely came from before the relationship you were in currently. And how did you come to those specific beliefs? Were they because the way that your parents talked about sex maybe was filled with shame, or maybe you didn't get very much sex ed at school, or maybe there's trauma in your backgrounds? uh, Our opinions about this can come from a lot of different places. So my first thing that I want you to do is slow down. And it's okay to ask those open-ended questions so that you and your partner can begin to understand each other and how you came to this perspective. So first things first, slow down, and it's okay to start having this conversation. If you really struggle to have this conversation, I think you all have heard me say it again and again. It's okay to seek therapy for this. It's okay for uh, for you to seek an outside, not necessarily opinion, but an outside person to be able to help walk you through this conversation so that you can understand your own context and then help you understand your partner's context. Because it could play out like this. That same example I gave where somebody's calling me, telling me that their partner has a sex addiction because they looked at porn. So that first session where I'm seeing both of them, one of the things I'm going to ask is, tell me about how each of you individually feel about porn. I think this is a really important question because some people have values around porn that they really believe that using porn is like cheating. So if that's your partner's perspective and they find your browser history, of course they're going to come at you all heated, they're at a 10, they're ready to fight because they truly believe that you're cheating. I am not, as the professional here, saying that porn is cheating. (laughs) What I'm giving you is an example of something that I hear sometimes from people who are calling me seeking services. So 
What I want you to do is be able to ask each other questions about your values around sex, your values around potentially infidelity, if that could play a role. I want you to ask yourself the values you have around masturbation because every one of us comes from a different background. Some of us were taught that masturbation had a lot of shame and wasn't something that you should be doing. Some of us did have supportive parents and encouraged us to have great sexual behaviors that included masturbation. So again, these are just examples of what the different types of context that can really, really inform how we see porn and how it plays out in our relationships. So I want to kind of, if I have, I I know I haven't said it already, this episode is not to bash porn. What I'm hoping is that this episode will give you a frame in which to look at how porn and relationships can interact. So again, I'm going to come back to that values question because Oftentimes what what a couple will do in front of me or a thruple or any version of various type relationship type that I'm working with will come to me and, and they will make the conversation about policy. And by that I mean uh, they will make the conversation about the porn, the use of porn or it's like the underwear argument. <laughs> The underwear argument is something I hear frequently from my clients, always leaving the underwear on the floor. You never pick up after yourself. How could I possibly live with a person that doesn't pick up after themselves? This is what I mean by policy. We often argue about things that are safe to argue about rather than actually getting to the feelings of what's happening. So when you found your partner's browser history... What was the feeling you felt in your body? What was the thing that happened for you? Yes, we could negotiate and and debate about how often porn use should happen or all of those things, but ultimately, those are not the things that matter. What matter are what were the feelings you had and how did it play out then with your words? If you were driven by fear, let's talk about the fear of what's happening. Yes, eventually we talk about porn use and and how how each person sees it, but ultimately what we need to get to the bottom of is what's actually happening. What are you actually trying to communicate and how do you communicate that in a way that your partner can hear you and that your partner can be heard as well. I hope all of this, I I feel like I'm kind of like (laughs) trying to give you a massive picture (laughs) of how intricate sex therapy or relationship therapy can be around this topic. Every person comes from kind of a different perspective on pornography. And so I, I want you to be able to go, okay, I'm, I, I don't know what to do or how to talk about this, so I need to get some outside help. I'm going to call Erica. I heard her talk about this on the podcast. Or I'm going to take a look out at psychology today in my in my area and see if there's any sex therapists, a sex certified sex therapist in the area that that I could potentially talk to about this and then we can get down to what is actually happening for us. So, being able to ask yourself the question, what do you use porn for? 
how did you get sex education? Did you get sex education from porn? And and were there any expectations that were created for you in your sexual experience because of your porn use? I'm not going to go on either side to say like that's good or bad. What we experience, what we see, what we listen to, all of those things impact our interactions and in our relationships. So if your primary sex education came from pornography, of course your expectations around sex would be fairly skewed to what you saw in pornography. Maybe you saw a lot of kind of heteronormative pornography. So you have this expectation that all women should be shaved or all women expect you to be hard for 45 minutes or whatever the case may be, though those things can absolutely impact how you see sex. So it's important. Again, I am the broken record today. It is so important to have these conversations with your partner. And if you struggle to do so, please, please, please seek out the help of a trained professional. I also want to caution you on absolutely what we call pathologizing porn. I want to caution you, all of you, on that because of all of the reasons that I said before how your partner came to view porn or receive sex education from porn or whatever the case may be is their story. It's not your job to diagnose the problem. It really isn't. So please, please, please seek out some help. And if you're struggling to find help, I am happy, reach out to me. I'm happy to try to connect you with somebody in your area or try to help you myself if you're in my area or or in the states of folks that I see. So... That's a lot. (laughs) I know I just dumped a lot in your ears, but I think that this conversation is incredibly important. And I hope that you being able to hear that it's okay, that your context is different than your partner's, and that it's worth more conversation is valuable to you. Lastly, I want to um, mention before um, the end of the episode this week, I want to kind of put out there a place that if you are a therapist, a psychologist, and you need to get continuing education credits, I want to give a shout out to the Modern Sex Therapy Institute. That is where I do a lot of my CEUs to stay all educated up for all of you out there for in my work and my practice, but also and for the podcast and for helping other therapists. I I just want to give a big shout out to them. We got to hear more from Dr. Justin Lee Miller, which who's been on this show. We got to hear a wonderful presentation, which I'm hoping to bring her on the show from Logan, Logan Leckoff. She's a sex educator who does a lot of work around helping parents and parents of teens understand how to talk to kids about sex and when you can start talking to kids about sex. And guess what, folks? It's early. (laughs) So thank you all for sticking around to the end of the episode. I hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you real soon. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. 
You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.